Hello and welcome to All Things HR, a podcast series about, you guessed it, all things HR. My name is Barry Hughes and you're very welcome to today's episode, which is the second in the podcast series. In this episode, we're talking about the exciting world of talent attraction, or it can be known as recruitment and selection. I'm particularly excited in this episode we're going to be joined by a guest speaker none other than Donna Body, who is the recruitment manager for the past three years in a five-star luxury hotel in Dublin city centre. Donna has been working for there for over five years now so she's a wealth of experience and knowledge of the recruitment practices and she's going to share those those with us and her insights in the interview coming up later on in this episode. But I suppose before we jump into the my own perspective on the do's and don'ts around talent attraction. Um, I suppose you can't help but pause and think and reflect on the impact COVID-19 has had on organisations, individuals and countries. So just specifically looking at Ireland, Ireland currently, as of the end of June, according to the Central Statistics Office, now has an unemployment rate of 22.5%. You compare that to the start of this year back in January 2020 and we had an unemployment rate of 4.9%. Again, I'll, I'll link out these stats in the podcast episode, but that's a huge jump. Obviously, it goes without saying. So there's a lot of organisations that have either made redundancies or furloughed employees. As the situation right now is precarious, we don't know you know, how, how and when organisations are going to fully return back to, I suppose, normal. Specifically, I suppose, uh, recruitment teams and uh, managers and HR practitioners have, you know, had to pause now and kind of think of new ways of doing their recruitment. So kind of, I suppose, gone are the the handshakes, face-to-face interviews. Um, A lot of these interviews now and coffee sessions with candidates um, are taking place over via Zoom or Google Hangouts or other platforms like that. And where organisations are doing the uh, face-to-face interviews, They've got the new rule of two meters. There's a lot of uh, hand hygiene and et cetera that goes into place that organizations are you know, having to put in place. So really, uh, HR and recruitment teams have really had to stop and pause about how can they now do business with and interact with potential employees and their current employees. So I suppose that's in the background when, when we're talking about recruitment and talent attraction. And I will be talking about specifically uh, an episode about, you know, how HR has responded to COVID-19 later on in this uh, podcast season. Now let's get stuck into talent attraction. There is no secret formula for talent attraction or aka recruitment. Um, basically what's needed is time, patience and being really organised when it comes to planning your recruitment needs. Good recruitment is vital for every organisation. A recruiter, their role is to find the right person for that open role within your in your organisation. And they also make sure that the workplace has the right and relevant skills and abilities for the now, but also keeping an eye on the future as organisations will grow and expand in time. And having that talent internally will help organisations grow, uh, which is, is really, really important. Now, I'm going to talk you through a number of steps from my own perspective. Um, these are the ones that I've used over the years, over my 15 years of, of, of HR experience. Um, I've, I've hired, you know, I, well, I've lost track of how many people I've hired at this point, but I have managed a recruitment team. I've also been part of an upscaling of a, a new office within the EU. It was in Poland at the time. So experienced in interviewing, I know it intimately. Um, and I, get, I do get great energy from meeting people and 
understanding their story and questioning them and and also you know them questioning us because again you see things maybe you haven't thought about within your organization so i suppose getting back to those steps so i suppose step one is when a role does become available or vacant within an organization or you're creating a new role the key thing from my perspective is to look at the role to understand what is in the job description what is the skills the qualifications the knowledge that this individual that you're looking for also thinking about the job title and that's kind of thinking about the job title you know some organizations may have those traditions let's say like um a HR manager that may now be called a people manager as the HR titles are evolving and changing and that could be the same for other roles so making sure your title matches what the market is calling it right now uh, is this uh, a role going to be reporting into somebody are they going to have direct reports you, you know are they going to be uh, traveling are they based in ho- head office or in this case obviously a lot of people now are based at home re- remotely and what is the kind of what are you looking for so and I think if you're going to go about it as a copy and paste job, you know, getting your previous job description, copying that, pasting it into a new one, that's not right because you really need to spend some time about, well, how has the role changed if it is an existing role? Um, thinking about, um, you know, are there different qualifications and experience you're looking for now? Just making sure you're abreast of what you actually need within that role and maybe skill set that you're missing from the organisation. Um, I think another thing is important to think about when you're looking at and designing a job description. There's a great article by the Harvard Business Review, which I will link out in in this episode, which says that men and women approach job descriptions very differently. And and I think when organisations now are thinking about to make sure that there's more gender balance in an organisation, it starts at the very beginning, which is at the job description, when somebody looks at that advert. So... As I said, the Harvard Business Review did uh, research a number of years ago and they have suggested that men will look at a a job description and if they say they're like, you know, 60 percent comfortable with the job description, they will apply for it. So they don't meet all the criteria, but they feel comfortable. I'll give it a go. I'll apply for it. And I certainly have fitted that that research in the past. And where where women will approach the job description, they will want to be 100 percent comfortable with the job description before they apply. So again, if your job description isn't um, inclusive in its language or I suppose what the, the article is looking at and suggests is that instead of the traditional job description is to look at a kind of 30, 60, 90 day plan. So kind of what is the onboarding experience for this person when they when they apply for this role and they're successful? And in that vein, it will encourage more women to apply for the role because they're thinking, well, OK, I don't have all of those skills, but they're saying I, I'm going they're going to teach me. They're going to they're going to they have a clear plan to onboard me. And again, th- what the purpose of that is, is to create a more a diverse panel. And um, so when you're going to interview, you, you might have a gender a balance, a gender balance um pipeline so it again it's, it's ensuring that your organization is diversifying and that it's not let's say uh, you know middle-aged white men continuously applying for role that you're getting uh, a mix of genders a uh, mix of uh, genders applying for that role so again i think that's an important thing that um, hr practitioners line managers and recruiters need to think about when they're pulling together that job description and then i suppose once you have that job description or onboarding plan as i've talked about there you can then start to think about, well, where do I need to advertise this role? So 
you can use your company website. But again, think of if you're a small organization, your organization may not be well known. So you may want to advertise with, for example, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, it's a tool that most people use and they have a, it's kind of like, you know, your, your online CV. So again, thinking about is that a great place to advertise? Am I going to get a wider pool of people applying for the role? Also, you could think about if it's a small organization and you may not have a recruitment team. So if a line manager is looking to hire, you may not have a, a HR team or a recruitment team is to maybe go to a recruitment agency. So if you are going to a recruitment agency, think about is are they in the right industry? So, for example, if you're looking for a salesperson and a, and a financial person, is that the recruitment agency's bread and butter? Also think about the agency fees that you may need to negotiate and, and you should negotiate. I always recommend that, you know, make sure you're getting the best deal for, for yourself, um, for the organisation, I think is very important. Also, like we're obviously talking about external. Uh, so that could be, as I say, LinkedIn, um, Indeed, uh, job posting, wherever you're posting this job. But there is also an opportunity to post internally. So this is uh, what or a lot of organisations now do is They'll post it at the adverts, maybe on an internal web page um, and people will refer, generally will refer good people that they know that they're reliable. They're not going to ref- refer somebody most of the time. Anyway, they're not going to refer somebody that they don't know or they don't think is a good fit for the organization. So looking at that uh, kind of internal pipeline as well is key and also communication and, and how that works as well. I'll talk about that in a moment, but I think that's a great avenue and it's one I rely on um, myself when I'm looking at recruitment because, as I say, people will only refer others, uh, their friends or family who are a good fit for that organisation. So again, it's important to, to, to not rule that out in an organisation. And I think it's good for transparency too as well. So that's that's kind of step two from my own perspective. Then step three. So you should have now hopefully a steady flow of applications flowing into uh, whether it's your recruitment inbox or your recruitment tool or maybe it's your uh, the recruitment agency. So I suppose it's about managing those applications. So, you know, most large organizations will have some large recruitment tool. Smaller organizations may uh, it may be an inbox. So, again, it's maybe acknowledging those um, emails and CVs when they come in. Also to think about, I suppose, is do you want to have an application form? Do you know you want people to fill out a questionnaire? Do you want them to submit a cover letter or just a CV? If you're just going with a CV, I always strongly urge line managers or a hiring manager to go with a cover letter because I think it's a great way to look, you know, it's, it's the individual who's applying for that role will take time to hopefully do a cover letter call out their skill set that match with that job description um, and I think it's a, a great way, and again it's another way of seeing how people communicate and are they are they passionately interested in applying for that role if they've just lobbed in a, a CV maybe and a couple of lines on a cover letter you know please see my CV maybe they're not as interested in the role that's my own experience but that may differ from other uh, HR practitioners so I suppose you know, you're now going to go through, I suppose, the kind of reviewing of the CVs or application forms is now to kind of think, OK, what's the criteria? How am I ruling out some individuals and ruling in other individuals? So having a kind of a screening process. So uh, if you're the recruiter working with the line or the hiring manager on that to kind of identify what are the kind of things, the key things that you're looking for? 
maybe the kind of things that you would say, well, they're they're desirables. There are things I may look at or past experiences. That's a definite thing I want. So again, that all should link back to the job description. So there should be everything should be linking back to the job description. So if you're going to set a criteria for kind of marking CVs and application forms, it should be linked back to the job description Um, because I'll talk about that and the why uh, and things pitfalls to avoid there as well. I suppose the other part, um, I suppose we're now getting ready for your uh, interviews. OK, so but before I suppose when I'm wrapping up the kind of third stage, there is um, is acknowledging the CVs I've talked about when they come in or applications and then rejecting them as well. Making sure that, the, that you just don't ignore them and uh, make sure that you do. You know, if you're rejecting candidates, take the time to either ring them or, you know, if it's very early stages, that there is some sort of email uh, going out to individuals to say, well, thank you for your, you know, acknowledging that they've applied. But unfortunately that they don't you know fit the criteria. I suppose the next stage is uh, is the interview itself. Now, this is an important stage, obviously, because, well, in the old days, well, and then when I say the old days is pre-COVID, uh, you would have had face-to-face interviews. So now, obviously, these are all taken by uh, Zoom. So I, 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 there's a couple of things we need to get ready for before you get into the interview itself. So I suppose it's, again, making sure that if there's going to be a panel uh, that each of the panel is agreed upon what areas of the interview uh, of the kind of the job description and questions that they're going to ask if it's going to be a number of individual a panel but separate done separately is again being very clear on what questions and areas that you want that interview panel to and individuals to dig into and how are they going to mark what was a success and what was not a success so making sure that again it links back to the job description and that you're removing that kind of personal bias and subjectivity that it, it should be based on facts and your questions are maybe competency based questions. So again, getting ready for and I've, I alluded to the three other points is when you're getting ready now for the interview, this is where the kind of wheels can come off the off the car here. OK, there's a couple of things I need to call out for HR practitioners and hiring managers is Again, the job description, your interview questions, your screening process, all of this can be subject. So when somebody applies for a role within an organization, they can make a a data protection request. So that means that they can see anything that that has their name on it. So they can make a data protection request and and ask to have maybe data edited or deleted. Or particularly when it comes to the interview and the screening process, they can ask to see their notes um, in relation to the interview and, and maybe a screening process. So that's important to pay attention to the notes that you're taking, what comments you are making. Um, so everything should be, again, right, you know, brought back to the job description. And it sh- I would say that you should have a clear marking scheme and competency based questions. So when I say competency based questions, it's like, tell me a time when you had to do manage a difficult situation. So it's it's forcing the individual to give you an example. And again, it's, it's a way of comparing maybe other, you know, other candidates against this person that you're meeting. So just being conscious of data protection and the notes that you take on your laptop. So in your emails in maybe if you have instant messaging, anything like that, be careful of the notes and comments that are, you are making. Because an employee speaking for an Irish context, somebody can make that data protection request. And if they feel like there's proof of a discrimination, and I'm going to mention that in a second, if there is a case of discrimination, they can go to the Workplace Relations Commission in Ireland. 
um, and the Workplace Relations Commission, there is various d different uh, kind of shapes and models of these, these type of um, uh, workplace um, courts within Europe. So Ireland is not, not unique. So again, it's it's been conscious. But I when I talk about discrimination, there is the Employment Equality Act, which has nine grounds that you cannot discriminate against on anyone. So that is one is a gender, two is civil status, three is family status four is sexual orientation, five is religious grounds, six is age, uh, seven is disability, eight is race, and then nine, which is a unique case in Ireland, which is membership of the travelling community. So you cannot discriminate against any of these grounds in Ireland. And again, th these laws exist within the EU, but they, they may take different shapes of uh, uh, to you know fit their country, uh, cultural needs. So again, you need to think about the that, the Employment Equality Act, so there's no discrimination in the job description, when you're advertising, when you're preparing your marketing scheme and then preparing for the interview. So, you know, asking questions and these I have been interviews uh, where senior people have said, so sorry, you're married. Are you planning on having kids? So I see you're uh, a Muslim. I see you're a Catholic. You know, these are questions that should never be asked, but they are asked. And that's why it's important that uh, recruiters or HR practitioners are ensuring that line managers and hiring managers are really well trained in the questions that they can and cannot asked, ask um, because you can open yourself to a legal minefield at this stage. And it's the most sensitive stage myself, uh, I think. Um, and I think as well, when you're preparing for the interview is make sure you leave space. So you're going to have all your questions, your panel will and you will have questions and you should have organic space in there for the individual to ask questions about the role, the team, the organisation, maybe questions about the benefits and perks about working in the organisation. Um, and I think that's important that you leave that space. So you build that into your time. You know, if you're scheduling in an hour, make sure that there's, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes of, of questions for that individual. Again, that shows maybe that the individual has prepared for the role, they're interested in the role. So I think that's, a, that's an important part to, to call out. We're joined by a very special guest today, who is Donna Boddy. So Donna is a, the recruitment manager for the past three years in a five-star luxury hotel in Dublin. Donna is our first guest, but also Donna is a, a very good friend of mine as well, coincidentally. Uh, Donna and I met back uh, when we were doing our master's in DCU, Dublin City University, back in 2012-2013. And since then, we've been the best of buddies. We're also uh, also great at sharing information on HR, talking about our problems and woes and giggles as well with HR. And um, so Donna very kindly agreed to come on to the podcast series. So delighted to have you, Donna. Thanks I'm for being here. I'm delighted to be here, Barry. Mm -hmm. um, I'm absolutely thrilled to talk about something that I'm really, really passionate about. Um, so hopefully we can share a little bit of information with the listeners. Yeah, I love it. And you are super passionate about what you do. I know you love meeting people I know you love uh, questioning them too it's your nosy side so you're in the right you're in the right <laughs> job at HR and recruitment uh, I think being from Calvin might have something to do with that <laughs> well, we won't, well, yeah maybe <laughs> so I suppose Dan I wanted to get some insight f from yourself like so you're you're in HR a, a good time a long time as well but um those three years it's been a the Irish economy is back up and running well we're having our little blip now with the COVID but I suppose working in a hotel the recruitment is constantly ongoing mm -hmm. I would imagine so it's constant challenges so I'd love to know from you with the with like what's your favorite part of the recruitment process well Barry there are many areas that I 
I do enjoy and there's some areas that you know can be a little bit tricky and challenging but for me the most wonderful part of recruiting is it's the human factor I absolutely love you know finding finding a candidate and you know checking in with them as Silla Black said you know on blind date all those years ago who are you and where do you come from and once you ascertain that I think that gives you a huge insight as to who am I dealing with here and what can they bring to the company yeah that's a nice one yeah, yeah and I, I love that I you know I'm really interested in people your story mm. and particularly in our industry it is hugely I suppose international yeah. so we've got you're meeting people from all over the world all corners of the earth and yeah. I think this role in particular um, and this industry has given me that opportunity yeah. to to meet all different types of cultures you know different um skill sets yeah as well so i love all that i love finding out you where do. have you come from what can you bring to our yeah. hotel yeah which is really really nice um and yeah just that that kind of rapport building up a rapport with them and also i love to make a candidate feel comfortable so when they come in for an interview okay. something i've noticed is you know as I said, we have a huge amount of people from overseas. Yeah. And English is not their first language. Yeah. So when okay. I think, you know, back, I did French in school. Oh. And if I thought now, if I went over to France and I had to do an interview through French. Yeah. Wow. That would be, yeah, quite a challenge. So what I need to think is when I'm, you know, interviewing a candidate, what I have to think, right, English is not their first language. I need to be empathetic about that and remember that. So I love to make someone feel you know a little bit more relaxed and calm as much as i can and yeah. then i feel the interview is going to go a lot smoother so yeah. it's, it's beneficial for both sides yeah if that makes sense no it does 100 percent. and look, i was going to say donna as well like i know when we, like when we meet up in the evening time or if we've had a phone call like you do you get great energy from meeting people and absolutely. when you talk about an interview that goes really well and mm-hmm. um, the energy that you get from it and also the satisfaction of placing yes, a candidate must yes. be must be just out of this world I suppose. it's so exciting when you yeah. find that wonderful candidate you know they tick all the boxes the, or the hiring you know the the manager mm. or the department head i suppose really like them as well yeah and then when you get the good references they have, that is seals the deal and another area that i love is giving the good news to that candidate oh, yeah. so ringing them up and yeah. telling them you've got the job you've been successful and you know it's it's so satisfying it takes I suppose there's a lot of hoops to get through to get yeah. a candidate over the line. You know, you've got the interview process, there's the admin, there's there's a lot that goes in there. And when you get them over the line, there's a huge amount of satisfaction. Yeah. And I love giving that good news. I'd and say so. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, they're, they're happy. Sometimes, you know, people can be all right. Yeah. They come know. back maybe looking for a little bit of this, a little bit a of little that. A little bit of this yeah. and that. But yeah. nine times out of ten, it's, it's a good news yeah. factor. Yeah. That's great. And so, like, so kind of, so, so, like, your kind of favorite part of the recruitment process is that human piece, that human yeah. factor, meeting that individual, putting them at ease, and kind of when you say put them at ease, is that kind of asking them, kind of, how are they? Like, what's your technique of putting someone at ease? I suppose the first thing is having some warmth, yeah, and, and giving that to the candidate. You know, if the, you can tell if somebody's feeling a bit edgy, a bit nervous, mm. but even when you are walking them to. You know picking them up maybe at the reception and bringing them to where you're going to interview them yeah. just having a bit of a, a chat with them you know a little bit of small talk nothing false you yeah. know i like to be as genuine as i can um and as i say exuding that warmth and letting them take it and mm. 
kind of go from there. Yeah, that's a, well, I think that's great because there's often, you know, I've been at interviews myself, mm. being the person interviewed, and you're you're nervous because yeah. you're you're tra- you're thinking of the questions you want to make a good impression. Yeah, and it's only natural to be nervous. Yeah, and it's, I suppose it shows you want the job, and mm-hmm. I know myself going to that room. I've you know I've had recruiters, and they may not say a word between picking you up mm. and bringing you to that room, and it okay. actually it actually even makes me feel even more nervous. So yeah. I think you being that empathetic genuinely interested in making that person uh, at ease they're going to be successful then and yeah. some whether they're the perfect person for that role is a different story but at least they're going into the room and they're comfortable mm-hmm. and they're going to answer your questions yeah so and I like you know that. what when they leave i mean i don't want to give anybody a false sense of hope but yeah. at least they can feel you know i did okay yeah I, I did my best and it went pretty well yeah whether they have the right skills and everything or not is another story but you know they can go home feeling accomplished. I've They've done, accomplished something. Yeah, yeah, I've done. I've done an all right job. Yeah, Did an all right exactly. job. And that person wasn't too bad. I met. Yeah, to call down so I body. like to kind of let somebody feel like that. You know, yeah. I would never want anybody leaving thinking, "Oh, that was terrible." That was horrendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Dan, I suppose linking on then from your favorite part of the recruitment process, we're talking about being, you know, the human factor and um, making somebody comfortable and at ease. That, that the person's really important. So how do you yourself as a recruiter, so this, this podcast has been aimed at you know, first-time recruiters or HR people or line managers, um, how do you prepare yourself for the interview? How, what kind of tips or tricks would you give to a fellow uh, you know, HR person or line manager going in for the first time? I would say, Barry, the, the most important thing and the key factor here is organization being okay. organized is key okay um and look that if that affects all areas of life you know yeah, if i true. if i'm deciding to go to the supermarket and i didn't bother looking in the cupboards or the fridge i headed off with no shopping bags how is my shopping trip gonna be okay but if i look at it versus i looked in all the presses i wrote a list yeah and i have my shopping bags it's going to be a bit of a different story yeah so i think it it you know it's in all walks of life but being organized. I have to say, yeah, for me, organization is key. Yeah. Um, and it means that I know what I'm doing. I'm confident and everything is going to run a little bit more smoothly, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's what works for me. Yeah. Um, so I suppose whenever a candidate is coming in, we know they're coming in because we have them booked in. So yeah. ahead of that, I suppose I am... I suppose I'm going to have a look at the job description. So, you know, for example, we would recruit a lot for maybe something like a housekeeping assistant. So I'm very familiar with the job description, the skills needed, all of that. But maybe we are now looking for a chef to party, for example. Mm. And I might just need to refresh myself, you know, okay, what does that job involve? What skills are we looking for? Um, that side of things so yeah. I would probably just so that I'm you know confident going down that I know what I'm talking about yeah so that's something I would do um, I would also you know print off the CV so I have a nice copy in front of me yeah. I would also print out a set of questions so this is something that interesting is really important again I believe Um, and having a set of questions I suppose it is keeping me on track first of all you know sometimes you can get a candidate who likes to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk so yeah yeah. so you've experienced it so I think it's important that we have a bit of a structure and something that we can come back to if necessary yeah um, so I would have, you know, and look, we might not get through all the questions. We might just look at some of the main ones. Kind of key ones that link to the job description. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. correct. So I suppose 
for me that's really key and another thing it's really important for is being fair mm. so you okay. know if we've got three chef to party candidates yeah i can then benchmark all of them you know if they all got asked the same questions and yeah. who answered it better who gave the better answer or who had the better skills experience in, yes the, yeah, yeah yeah okay so i for me that's very very important so i would have that with me yeah. at all times i like that yeah because mm -hmm. um you know i've been into interviews with other or maybe recruiters or line managers and, and you can tell when the interview doesn't go well because and i think you've hit the nail on the head being organized mm -hmm. so that you know knowing the job description having looked at the cv um, I've I've been I, you know we've talked about it before where I've mm -hmm. been in interviews for senior level roles and junior roles where the interviewer hasn't uh, yeah. looked at a CV and you can tell this is the first time okay. and it's it's a disaster. Yes, yes, and also making sure you have the correct CV. You know there could be two okay. Mary Janes coming yeah. in and Good you know point. you know you might have yeah. accidentally printed off the wrong one. So it's always important to double check. Yeah. I have the correct Mary Jane. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would take a little glance over it as well beforehand, of okay. course. That's very mm. good. Yeah, actually, that's one I hadn't thought of, actually, I suppose, as well, actually, Donna. And look, as I um, I just had a quote there, you know, yeah. Benjamin Franklin. Go on, chuck it at me, Donna. <laughs> I'm so, by failing to prepare yep. is preparing to fail. Okay, yeah. So look, I always believe that, you know, if you're not organised, if you're not prepared, you're going in blind and things may not go so well yeah. so i think it's very very important to be prepared be organized and i would recommend that to any new manager or even if you're not new to the game you know it's still an important it's a good point. practice to have exactly yeah 100 percent. and i i the just the piece i suppose just to hone in there as well i, I found interesting that fair piece particularly in your industry as you mentioned from your previous answer mm -hmm. not everyone is operating at the same level as as english maybe as as exactly. as, as ourselves mm -hmm. so i suppose being fair listening to them giving them the you know somebody may not understand the full yeah. sentence or word that you take the time to explain that i assume as yeah. well I would exactly imagine. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. you need to rephrase something yeah. or give an example yeah um, and just working with them and just trying to help them through it yeah. you know if it is difficult yeah which it can be yeah, you know but I can imagine. and then you've got other people who their english is perfect and it that sort of depends on the level of the role and the experience and, exactly. and where they're coming from no yeah. I, I think again it's so interesting and i probably could do it taking a leaf out of your books more well, being listen, more organized uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think but I, the other thing I kind of mentioned don about you and i think is about branding is mm -hmm. like the it's it's a new piece for me um in hr obviously i'm aware it plays an important part marketing and getting your story out there but mm -hmm. you are excellent at it with your hotel your profile on linkedin and thank you so much it's it obviously has a huge it's it's a huge benefit to you and, and your process yeah. is, is that the case or am i, I way off i think so no yeah. and it's great that you've noticed right, so there thank you go you, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the effort has paid off yeah. um yeah like i suppose i would look after the the linkedin page for the hotel and also obviously my own page and i suppose what we want to do is portray portray an image you know yeah. of what we are as a hotel and not just a hotel but as an employer and as a place yeah. to work yeah you know and as a family because that's what we are in our particular hotel we would say yeah we are one team we are one family mm. and we want people to know that you yeah. know if you go if you're a job hunter and you have a look at our page we want you to see that this is a welcoming place with many benefits but that it's a warm place to work and that yeah. We are that family, particularly as we've said, a lot of people from overseas. Yeah, it's nice to join an organization and a team that is 
you know, pretty warm and welcoming. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it's really, really important. So we're trying to keep it relevant, keep up to date, you know, with things that are happening. And we try to show, you know, if we've got something going on for the employees or, you know, particularly things like wellness, yeah. benefits, we have different activities going on, social events, all that kind of thing, I think is really important, you know, outside of work, yeah. as well as yeah. the job and it being a great place to work. What else is going on in the company? Yeah. I think it's really important. No, and it comes, ac- uh, just to, again, but it just, it comes across loud and, and clear on the, great. on the, on, on, So I'm on doing LinkedIn. something right. You're doing something right, Dana, for Delighted. sure. <laughs> but I love that though, that sense of giving insight into a potential employee to see that, that this is a family, this is a welcoming place. And I think a lot of employers forget that, I suppose, people do do their research now on, mm-hmm. on jobs that mm-hmm. they, they go online onto Glassdoor, onto the company websites or onto LinkedIn to see, well, what, what are they about? Mm-hmm. So company are, or people are coming in now prepared for their interview with questions for you probably on the benefits, as you mentioned, around wellness or um, employee perks and stuff like that. So uh, th- like that's a good thing, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. people are, are obviously doing their research and more Absolutely. prepared, so it's good. Yeah. And you know, the reason I've, I'm there a long time now, I'm there five years in total, but the reason that I'm still there yeah. is the people. Yeah. And hands down, I have to say that's the reason. And I want, I want potential employees to know that and to, to also feel that. Yeah. Um, and I think it does come across, you know, it's a special team and we are so lucky. We would be nothing without our people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and something that I've noticed uh, trend wise, just when you talk about yeah. um, the branding side of thing is yeah. that I feel like the, the whole market has changed now, you know, okay. that previously employees would come in and, you know, they would, they're there to impress, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But and it comes a little bit hand in hand with the branding that now I can see there are, I suppose, pre-COVID, okay? Yeah, this um, is pre-COVID. There yeah. were so many jobs available. An employee could pick up a job really anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it was my job to really sell the hotel, you know, okay. sell the product and, you know, show the benefits, show how wonderful it is. So yes, the candidate has to come in and impress me, but I also had to impress them. Yeah. So it's you're also being interviewed in a way exactly. as well. Exactly. So yeah. it kind of turned on its head a little bit, which yeah. is interesting. But it's enjoyable, you yeah. know, because we have. I'm so proud to work there. We have so many benefits and and wonderful reasons to work with us that yeah. I'm like I'm totally delighted to yeah to you know talk about it and encourage people. Look, this is a nice place to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Like, I I would agree with you. It's certainly, I suppose pre. Pre-COVID, certainly that's a big mm-hmm. tr- a trend. I would agree with you on that. You know, as a HR person now, or recruiter, or a line manager interviewing, you have to sell the organisation. I can see the mm-hmm. perks, the benefits, but actually, what is it like here uh, to work here? Um, so I, I think, yeah, it's a good one to shout out. Yes. That people have to be prepared for those questions too, to have some thought and reflection on it as, a, as, a, as when you're going into the interview room. Mm-hmm. Well, Dana, I want to say a big thank you for joining me today. Um, I, I think there's some great insights there for first-time HR uh, practitioners or line managers. So again, focusing in that human factor that you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, being organized, going into that room, putting that person front and center, but being organized with your questions, your CV, your job description, being fair, and then thinking about your branding um, what's out there online and then thinking about as you're saying being prepared for those questions from a candidate as well mm-hmm, absolutely 
So Dana, thanks so much for joining me on All Things HR. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure and I wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Dana. So I suppose the first half of the podcast you had heard from myself, how I approach um, recruitment or talent attraction, um, my own experiences. And what we heard there was from Donna, Donna Body, a really insightful, um, you know, recruitment manager's experience uh, and how to how she approaches uh, the hiring of new people and talent into an organisation. And Donna touched on it briefly there. Which is, I suppose, once you go through, you know, your job description, looking at how you advertise the role, uh, preparing for the interview, the interview itself, it comes down then to making that offer. And I think, you know, I'm just going to lightly touch on it here, which is this, you know, you've gone through a lot of the pain now. And this is sometimes where, again, another hurdle can arise in the process. So I think it's really important that during the dialogue with that candidate or candidates that you're clear on what the potential you understand what that person's remuneration package is okay that you understand hopefully that it's in range of your own remuneration uh, offer that you're going to make to this individual because if it's way below um you're wasting your time and you're also it's an insult and a waste of the individual's time so making sure that you have a comprehensive remuneration package so i'm talking about salary i'm talking about if there's a bonus or commission um, you know, if you're talking about salespeople or maybe sales or senior people in an organization, it there should be a, you know, bonus or piece built in there. Stock options. Uh, that's a lot of organizations, if they're large organizations, have that. But also then things, the benefits such as health insurance, life insurance, death and serv- service. Um, you know, maybe there's a car scheme, uh, you know, various whatever perks that your, your organization wants to advertise and, and make sure that they're all built in and it's clearly explained that you can clearly explain it to uh, this candidate. So they understand the full package uh, remuneration package that they're looking at. So I think that's important that you have that. And then when you're going to have that, uh, hopefully it's a phone call or a Zoom call that you have with the individual, you know, prepare yourself for the, the process. Be excited about it because it really is. It's the most exciting part, I have to say, of the recruitment process, you know, possibly changing someone's career and life by by making them a job offer, you know. So I think it, you should be excited and interested about it and explain what's going to happen next. You know, tell them, OK, this is you know the details of the offer. Uh, you know what's next is that they receive a contract of employment that they may need to provide references I strongly urge um, organizations to do reference checks on individuals and uh, obviously reference checks don't ha- contain a huge amount of information in them due to data protection but again it's a way of checking that individuals have worked in organizations uh, some organizations may do background checks such as criminal checks or financial checks on individuals so explain that to the individual what to expect if they do accept the offer and um, what the next stages are so it's really important that you set that out so they understand and talk about a potential hire date as well. I think um, I should have started with that, but that's important as well, because uh, you may be looking for someone to start in two weeks. But that individual that you're making the offer to may have one month's notice or indeed a lot more notice to give to an organization. So there may need to be a negotiation on a uh, start date. So you need to be prepared for that. And again, if there's an onboarding process, individuals may need to go through a number of weeks of training. Again, clearly outlining that in the offer. So individuals have time to reflect on the whole package, not just the financial piece, but again, the people side. And that's the most important part, I think, as well. Not just the cash and money, but the people side. What's their onboarding experience going to be like? 
So I suppose that's the kind of, I suppose, my perspective on that talent attraction piece. So again, it's kind of just to sum it up, you've got that job description, preparing for it, being thoughtful around um, preparing it, making sure that you're creating a, the language in it is gender neutral, making sure that you're creating a good job description that will attract men and women and people maybe from minority groups that again that you're creating a good pipeline of candidates two then is thinking about how you want to advertise that role whether it's through an agency uh, online platforms such as linkedin and others then thinking about you know managing the application process how that looks how you're going to mark people who are in and out of the process and what's the communication going to be with those candidates then preparing yourself for the interview and all that entails and being conscious of the legal pieces around data protection and Employment Equality Act, you know, in the Irish context. And then I suppose um, preparing yourself for an offer uh, and also, I suppose, the, the not so nice side of, of rejecting people who have gone through the process as well. And as Donna said, the key thing here is to remember to be organised, to be structured and to treat the person like a human being. Uh, and it was so important because, you know, that's often overlooked. You know, if we get so in, in HR people and line managers can get engrossed in the process. Is remember, there's an individual in front of you and being conscious of your brand as an organisation, which we heard from Donna as well. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of All Things HR, where we talked about the subject of talent attraction, a.k.a. recruitment. We're also joined by the wonderful Donna Body, who shared her insights and wisdom with us on the subject of talent attraction. So a big thank you to Donna for the time uh, for joining us and sharing her insights. I found them really interesting and I hope you did too. Our next episode, episode three of the podcast, will be about the subject of switching off to switch on. So I'm really looking forward to talking about that. I suppose I'd really recommend to people to uh, make time to visit my website, allthingshr.org, where you can see previous articles that I've written and also links to the podcast previous episodes of All Things HR. The podcast is available on all good podcast platforms such as Spotify, iTunes and etc. Um, I'd love people to uh, reach out to me with any feedback, so that can be through my Twitter, at the HRProf, or my email, which is barry.hughes at outlook.com, or they can get me through my website as well. I'd love to hear people's thoughts, uh, comments, and um, ideas for the next uh, episodes as well. So please do reach out and please do give me feedback online or privately. I'm more than willing to hear it. So thanks for tuning in to All Things HR, and especially thanks to Kieran Hughes for editing this episode of the podcast. Thank you.